Good evening and welcome to a Saturday evening, December the 3rd edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, uh, along with our very special guest on Saturday evenings, uh, Mr. Lucas Doremus, a prolific Christian author and a darn good one at that. Let me tell you, I I have been reading his uh, latest book, uh, Deceiving by Signs, The Study of Power, Signs, and Lying Wonders in the Bible. And it's good stuff, let me tell you. Uh, you can go to Amazon.com, as far as I know, and pick that up, can't you, Lucas? Yes, it is on Amazon. All right. Again, that title is Deceiving by Signs by Lucas Doremus. Go check it out. You are going to love it. I do. Um, I'm almost finished with it. And we're going to discuss that, Lucas, when, when I finish reading this. There's some things I want to talk to you about. In that Great. Book. Okay. okay. It's good stuff, man. I love it. I love it. But for tonight, we're concentrating on, I think, wrapping up our study on Second uh, Thessalonians, correct? Correct. Well, get us started here, buddy. We left off where? In verse 12? Yep, of chapter 2, verse 12. That's right. Uh, we did a little, we expanded a little bit on the section where he's where Paul's talking about the lawless one being the Antichrist and right, him coming right. in according to the working of Satan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason we expanded is because that's kind of the one of the main launching verses of the book I just wrote. Um, right. and by that's the way, right. I got to throw in a plug. I don't necessarily want you to order from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> there are other sellers <laughs> out there, but if that's yes, true, and that's you've got cool. Prime. It's the most common one. I mean, everybody, everybody goes there to buy their books. I know. I, I, yep, and I get it. You know, I just uh, don't necessarily want to support Jeff Bezos. But in the end, uh, let's just move on. Ten <laughs> four. Yep. So uh, this is uh, chapter two, verse thirteen in Second Thessalonians. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read uh, verse thirteen and fourteen in the first word of fifteen, and then we'll stop and talk about those. Okay. It says, but we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the spirit and belief in the truth to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore. Okay. So whenever you see the word, therefore, you're supposed to ask what's therefore there for. Exactly. Um, which is how I always remember it. And uh, and so these first two verses, we've got this word chose in here, and mm-hmm. we've got this word also called in here. Mm-hmm. And so Paul is explaining in, in very shortness the, this, the doctrine of predestination where God That's chose right. us. Yeah. And, and uh, it was actually uh, Pastor Dick, uh, who's also on this podcast, that kind of made me see it in this light. The reason why I just read those two verses and then went to the next verse, whenever the Bible talks about this predestination idea, mm-hmm. it's there as a confidence, you can even say comfort to believers. Right. And in this section, yeah, it's not there to make us kind of question this whole free will predestination kind of thing. It, that's not what it's right. there for. That's right. Um, this verse is saying you should be confident in who you are because you know God chose you. That's exactly correct. 
you know, isn't that special that he chose you for salvation? He chose you for this sanctification uh, because you believed. Now, at the end of the day, do I understand how that works? No. No, uh, not completely. We can't. No. Because we, it's hard to fathom uh, God knowing everything that was ever going to happen from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. That's for our finite mind. That's hard to, it's hard to wrap around that concept. But basically, God knew long before creation, long mm-hmm. before the universe, he created the heavens and the earth, knew that you were going to exist. You were going to be born. You were going to be conceived, physically born into the world, and decide to put your faith and trust in him. He knew that from the very beginning. That's hard for us to completely understand. Yeah, and even when you say long before it happened, actually that concept really isn't applicable because time started. You know, it's just... The things we can't understand. You're right. It's just the things we can't understand. You know, the web of how God's constructed everything. You know, yeah. I, I think of it in terms of a web of how everybody's life is just interconnected. You know, we can't understand any of that. No, not not completely. It, it's a it's a it's a remarkable and amazing and a mysterious thing, really. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know what? That what I'm looking forward to is being able to completely understand it when we when we get to be with him we'll know it then yeah. we'll we'll understand we'll, we're going to have a yeah. lot of aha moments whoa mm-hmm. yeah that's why yeah and, oh. and i love it. And, and you know god gives us glimpses of that when here we're well, we're here on earth and then but yeah you're right when we get up there like oh that's why that happened oh, you know and the, how come i didn't see that yeah, how can yeah. I miss it? You know. Uh-huh. Okay. So therefore, so again, he goes into all that to say, well, so because you were called, because you were chosen, brethren, mm-hmm. stand fast and hold the traditions which you were taught, whether by word or our epistle. So mm-hmm. one reason, one thing that should give us confidence, uh, one thing that should give us a reason to hold what the Bible says instead of uh, yielding to temptation or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. is the fact that God chose us. That's right. And we say, I don't have to sin like that because God chose me to right. not do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stand fast, hold to the traditions which you were taught, whether word or, or our epistle. Well, what are those? Well, if you turn back to First Thessalonians 4 and 5, You'll find out exactly what Paul was teaching. And really, when he says, whether by word or epistle, you can sort of lump the entire New Testament into that because Paul was teaching them more than just these, you know, eight chapters, right? (laughs) So you can kind of lump everything in there. But, you know, again, you just, you were called, so stand fast. Yeah. Notice right after he gets done talking about the Antichrist coming and all that, notice he doesn't tell us to advance. That's notice true. He, does, he doesn't tell us to like break down the Antichrist kingdom that's going to come. Nope. Um, he doesn't even tell us to fight against it, which nope. you could say that standing fast is a form of fighting, but he, yeah. he just says, stand, hold yeah. on. Mm-hmm. 
What? Hold the line. Hold the line. Mm-hmm. When I was in the army, we were taught how to hold the line. Mm-hmm. And it, there's different techniques to do that. And uh, military techniques. And we can, I, I, I equate that to a lot of the, the techniques that we use uh, to hold the, the gospel line. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of the things are similar. The military tactics are similar to what we have to do to hold the line. So that's mm-hmm. what we're being told. Yeah, don't yep. take that hill. Hold the line. Yep, because Jesus will take that hill. <laughs> yeah, that's up to him. Yeah, but he's not going to right now. We know when no. he will. Uh, we're supposed to stand fast, hold the traditions, hold that line. Yeah, however, I, I love that analogy. But yeah, because the, the hill's not ready for taking. God will tell us. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and he did tell us when it's ready. Absolutely. Um, and, and, and by the way, that doesn't mean we don't win battles here and there. Because well, holding the, holding the, the battles, line. Yeah, the battle's constantly raging. There's going to be some. Holding the line is preaching the gospel, which gets people saved. <laughs> That's right. And, and occasionally is laying down suppressive fire. Mm-hmm. Occasionally. Yep. yep. There is nothing. Defense is proclaiming the truth. That's right. And that arguably is an attack. <laughs> it, it's laying down suppressive fire is what it is. Yep. You, you so resist the devil and what, what's going to happen? He'll flee. Yep. Okay, retreat, retreat. They're laying down suppressive fire. They're studying Second Thessalonians and doing a stinking podcast right now. Retreat, <laughs> retreat. That's what he's saying. Yep. He hates so, it. He can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Same way. Hold, hold fast. Stand fast. That's what we're That's to right. do. And, and I, and I love how that you know that harkens back to this First Thessalonians five. You know, First Thessalonians five at the end of the chapter, it's just one of the most condensed sections of scripture to just bang, do this, bang, do this, bang, do this. You know, I just I love that. Um, right. So anyway, uh, verse sixteen. Let's move on. Okay. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and our God and Father, who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work, word, and work. Um, amen. Amen. Yeah. So verse 17, it says comfort and establish you. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I got interested in that. And there are a number of things that God does throughout Second Thessalonians. Uh, way back in verse seven of chapter one, he's giving us rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, in verse 11, he's counting us worthy and he's fulfilling the good pleasure of his will. Mm-hmm. Uh, here he, you know, he, we just read it a second ago. He chose us. He called us. He's comforting and establishing us a little later. He's going to say he's guarding us. Yeah. We'll get there. And at the very end of the book, verse 16, he's going to give us peace and be with us. That's right. So if you really look at that for a second, there are all these things God is doing. What are we to do? Stand. Stand fast. <laughs> and God does the rest of the work. Yeah, reinforce your position, hunker down, don't worry, uh, I'm going to bring in some aerial support. 
<laughs> sure. Yeah. To keep, to keep that analogy going. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I love noticing this sort of thing. The Psalms are full of this kind of thing. Sure. They you are. know, yes. you read the Psalms and God's doing this and God's doing that and protecting all this stuff. And oftentimes the Psalm, yep. David will just say, but I trusted in you. Yeah. That's the only thing he did. And then God did this. God did that. Bam, bam, bam. That's you right. Know, and I just, what a perspective. It, it, it is. You know, God can do so much. And all he expects us to do is really comparably very little. Believe. Mm-hmm. Trust. J, JB uh, has a sermon title that he does. He preaches it on Elijah when he goes to uh, Mount, uh, Mount Horeb. And his yeah. sermon title has always stuck with it. It's don't just do something, stand there. Don't just do something, stand there. And That's I think right. of that. It's, we're asked to stand, and then God will do the stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. that, that, that also harkens me back to your book on Job. Oh, mm-hmm. Stand still and consider. Uh, yep, stand still and consider. Really the only command Job has given, other than just listen up. That's, that's the only thing he's told to do. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, still- I, that, that verse still rings with me all the time. And, uh, uh, you know what I've also discovered, Curtis? You do have to stand. Oh, yeah, it you does, have to. It doesn't work if you're sitting or laying down. I've Dude. discovered that. You have to stand. I don't know what it is about how God designed us to think or whatever. You do have to stand. He gave us us an example to go by with creation. He worked (laughs) for six days. And what did he do after that? He rested. He -hmm. rested, but not until he was done. Yeah. And and by the way, uh, where is he now? Where is Jesus right now? Yeah, he's sitting. Why? Because <laughs> uh, his work is completed. His work is completed. Ours mm-hmm. isn't. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love it. Uh, let's move on to chapter three. Okay. It says, good. it says, finally, I love it when Paul says finally, finally, but it's, <laughs> I have a whole other chapter. Uh, brethren, yeah. pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you. I love that, uh, that little adverb there of swiftly. Um, yes. are, are, are we, uh, what does the King James say? Does it say swiftly uh, too? It says, uh, finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course. Ooh, free course. That's a great way to put it too. Um, just love the idea. Are are we enabling that in our lives? Something to think about, isn't it? It is. It's one of the reasons that, uh, we do podcasts. Mm -hmm. So it'll have free course, free course. And boy, I'll tell you, it's swift on those, on those internet waves, isn't it? (laughs) I don't know. Can I call it that? Not radio waves. (laughs) No, well, it's, it's close enough. I know what you mean. And you're right. It's getting swifter and swifter all the time. Mm -hmm. However, uh, there are those that are trying to build dams that would uh, that would inhibit the flow. Mm-hmm. That's right, and it is very possible will happen someday in America. Uh, it's, well, already it's, already, happening. it's already happening in America. Yep, I, I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say it, but it's true. Yeah, you know, it'll be a slow drip. Um, yeah. Okay. So the 
the word of the Lord is running swiftly and be glorified, verse 2, and that we be, may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, oh, for boy. not all have faith, boy, uh, boy. but the Lord is faithful. I tell you, Curtis, this that little phrase here, verse 3, but the Lord is faithful, Yeah, you can end... You know, if I, I talk to myself, I don't mind admitting this. You know, when you talk to yourself and you have these thoughts about the world or the person or the this or the that situation, yeah. you can end every single one of those with, but the Lord is faithful. And, yeah. Oh, and yeah. that's the answer to every single one, you know. Um, I just, yeah, sure I've got that can. underlined. Just that. Just those five words, but the Lord is faithful, underlined. Um, hey, uh, and so, before you go any further, I want to let you know something that I just lost your video, but I can still hear you. Okay, yeah, I kind of lost you too, so sorry if everybody missed that. We were just, you know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the Lord is faithful. Uh, the Lord is faithful to deliver from unreasonable and wicked men. Now, if you look at Paul's life, he was always delivered. Right. Right. He was frequently put back into trouble. Oh boy. But he was already delivered until God was ready for him to go. That's right. And you know, we can look at our lives the same way. Um you know, I love in uh, I think it's 2 Timothy where Paul talks about all the persecutions and afflictions he went through, yet I was delivered out of all of them. I mean, this is the guy that should have been dead how many times over? Oh, I mean, goodness, yeah, stoned many times. and yeah, I mean, all, yeah. all the things he went yeah. through, but the Lord is faithful. <laughs> oh yeah, but but oh, the Lord is faithful. Yeah, it just kind of flows off the off the tongue, doesn't it? But the Lord is faithful. And how uh, how often do I fail at that? Okay, who? But the Lord is faithful. Who will establish you and guard you from the evil one? Yeah. Um. You know, I, I, JB talks about it a lot, and uh, we don't go into a lot of detail, although the next series we do, that we'll be starting in January, we will probably go deeper into some of this. Uh, the world is getting darker as we go. Oh, um, that's not just me being part of the next generation. Uh, it is biblical to know that yep. every generation is going to get a little worse. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, this verse, as bad as it may seem and wherever you live, but the Lord is faithful and he'll establish you and guard you from the evil. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you're not going to go through tribulations and persecutions. Actually, this whole book is addressed to people who thought they were in the tribulation. That's how That's bad their afflictions were. That's right. Yet Paul can say, but the Lord is faithful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not only that, verse 4, and we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we command you. Right. How comforting is that to have Paul the Apostle say, yeah, we know it's going bad. Yep. <laughs> I know, and Paul can honestly say, I know what you're going through. I've been there, been there, done that, guys. <laughs> you're done that. Paul I can know say how that. tough it is. That's right. Mm -hmm. But I have That's confidence. Right. Where? In the Lord. In the Lord. That's Why? Because he's faithful. That's right. Because he's faithful. That's right. Verse 5. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. You stand and the Lord will direct you. Yeah. Yep. How about that? All right. And now verse 6. This is where we get into finally some correction of the uh, Thessalonian church. 
Um, right. Everything was not perfect uh, there in, in our day. There is no perfect church. Nope. Uh, the Thessalonians seem like they are pretty good. I mean, Paul compliments them a whole lot. He does. He, but the, in, in most cases, he's very pleased with what's going on. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, like like the Lord Jesus says in the letters to the churches in Revelation, nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Mm -hmm. And that's what Paul is getting ready to, to go into here. That's right. But we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, as in, look, we're commanding you because God commanded it. Blame mm -hmm. him if you don't like it. That's <laughs> sort right. Of thing. That you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us. Uh, now, this, I would say, is one a very difficult teaching in our modern day. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, now, I know of plenty of situations where, you know, this, the sin of someone, a believer, gets bad enough that you can't ignore it. Right. And, and they do eventually remove a pastor or remove a this or that, whatever it is. Sure. I know sure. of those situations, but it doesn't happen very often. True. Um, and I would say this is a teaching that maybe our churches would be a little bit better if we abided by. I think our churches would be a lot better if mm -hmm. we were able to abide better. Mm -hmm. But now, yeah. Yep. And, and now if you just want to skip down to verse 15 before before anybody thinks I sound harsh, yet do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. That's correct. You know, withdrawing from somebody doesn't mean you're evil or mean to them. It doesn't mean in every case to excommunicate. It means, yeah. wait a minute, you go over in the corner mm -hmm. and you think about what you've just done. I mean, mm -hmm. when you do it with kids all the time. Time out. Go sit and think mm -hmm. about what you just did. That's yeah. what we're supposed to do to disorderly brethren. Hey, and, 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 you're not supposed to be doing that. Better think about it. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Mm -hmm. And in yep. our modern day, there's plenty of polite ways to do that. Sure. You can you can very politely put your foot down and still put your foot down. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, and it probably should happen more than it does. Um, yeah. Agree. Anyway, uh, verse seven. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow us. Uh, remember back in whether by word or our epistle, as yeah. in, I taught you all this while I was there. Oh, yeah. by the way, I just wrote to you and gave you a laundry list kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. For we were not disorderly among you. Right. Oh, so they were an example. And they're going to say that. Example when we were there. Yep. And they're going to say that directly. Let's keep reading. Yeah. Nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge, but worked with labor and toil night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. That's right. So why did Paul work? So he wasn't a burden. Um, Paul says in Corinthians very plainly, I have authority as an apostle. Mm -hmm. And it is right and proper for you, for sheep so, or laymen, however you want to say it, to repay the teachers that they were taught by. That's right. That's a very proper thing. But so often we also see Paul saying, I'm not going to take it. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, I think there are various reasons for that. I think in Paul's case, a lot of the reason was 
he talks so much about the Judaizers that come in. Oh, yeah. You know, and in that day and age, there were Greek philosophers that would come in and get a following. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think for whatever situation Paul was in, those being two of the big ones, Paul did not want to have any connection to taking money from people. He wanted to avoid all appearance of what? Evil. Mm -hmm. Avoid all appearance of it. Yeah. And so Paul worked. So yeah. if you are listening out there and you're part of a church that uh, can't pay a pastor enough and he has to get a second job, mm -hmm. that's biblical. Yeah, it is. Now, I will also hasten to say guys like JB or other pastors, I really appreciate that their whole job is studying and teaching. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Have I benefited from that? Yes. So. It is also very biblical to live from the gospel, as Paul says. That's right. Um, all, all I'm saying is both are proper for whatever situation God puts you in. Yes, agreed. And so, yep. And so, uh, and Paul took the opportunity to work. Now, most likely, this work was tent making. Uh, mm -hmm. He makes a reference of that, so he was a tent maker. And when he works, when it says work night and day. I, I would guess he's really not embellishing too much on that because as Paul traveled, you know, it takes time to build up a business. Oh, sure. Any entrepreneur knows that you've got to take a loss or take a loan, or even if you don't do things, it just takes a while. So Paul, when he's moving to different cities, he's going to have to work extra hard to sell a tent, so to speak, if that's sure. what he's making. That's right. So I think he was working a lot and... <laughs> I think there were a lot of people that heard the gospel buying a tent from him. Absolutely correct. <laughs> you bet. So, uh, so anybody out there that they're working a lot of labor, you can share the gospel just as well or just as much as anybody that's a pastor or teacher or whatever. That's, that's correct. So just some encouragement there. Um, all right. Verse nine, not because we do not have authority, but to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. Now, let's uh, actually let's read one more verse. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this. If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Now, oh, boy. My, uh, my, here's a this is you're going to get into a bone of contention. A lot of people don't like that. We, we will in a second. And I'm going to I'm going to bring up what I think is probably prompting this. You know, so much of the epistles are written to address issues that came up. Right now, this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. This doesn't come up in any other epistles. No, this is the only place, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Which most likely means the Thessalonians, when Paul got there, that was one of the main problems they had. Uh, which is be. why Paul's bringing it up to address it. Could be, um, yeah. I, I think that's likely. And so when he got there and he saw people not working yet eating, uh -huh. it was all the more important for Paul to set that example. Uh, okay. I, and I don't disagree with that. Yeah. And yeah. And when he says worked with labor and toil night and day, well, if you're making tents all the time, you're not teaching all the time, right? That's right. But <laughs> one ended up in this situation, what ended up being very valuable? Paul's example. 
and 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 verse eleven backs up what you're saying actually because mm-hmm. he says because there are there are some among you not just one there are some among you that walk disorderly mm-hmm. yeah let's go ahead and read it for we hear verse eleven that there are some walk walk who walk among you in a disorderly manner not working at all but are busybodies. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. I- I don't know anybody like that, do you? <laughs> uh, I will say this, uh, and then we'll get into some of the history that we talked about before this. <laughs> okay. I have had various points in my career as a working man where uh-huh. I have been bored. Um, I actually had a job early on in my working career where I probably only had about five hours of work a week. And okay. I was expected to be on the clock 40 hours. Yeah. And uh, I can honestly say I would ask my supervisor for more work, and they would always tell me to focus on the work I had. Uh-huh. Um, I will tell you, when you are not working, it is easy to be idle. And when you're idle, what do you go out and do? You bother yeah. other people. That's true. Which I, I, I worked up. I looked up this word busybodies. It, it essentially yeah. means busybody. I mean, to bother others or to get in others' business or. You're a bugger. Yeah. I mean, it really does mean basically that. And so when you're bored, yeah. you, you just go bug people. And... You, you got a bunch of buggers. <laughs> <laughs> you a bunch of buggers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really what happens. It, if you've got and... nothing to do, what are you going to do? What are you mm-hmm. do? Yep. Hey, just... hey, Bill, I got nothing to do. Uh, let's go get, you know, let's go to the, let's go to the bar. Mm-hmm. Let's pass the time and drink some Jim Beam or something. No, 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 no. Work instead. Mm-hmm. Find something to do constructive. Yeah. Or, or within the church, what do you start doing? Well, you start taking away other uh, people's work. Yeah. Because you're busy. Yeah. Uh, not doing anything and making trouble for them. All right. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's, uh, so, so we, we brought this up when we initially uh, introduced the book of Thessalonians, uh, Rome, the, uh, country, uh, empire, kingdom, whatever you want to call it, had a welfare system. They did indeed. There was a Latin name for it. I am sure I'm going to butcher it here for you, all you people that speak Latin. It's called a, the Curo Anane, or something close to that. If you're interested, yeah. look up Rome bread welfare, because it event essentially is bread. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what Rome would do is, now I'm talking about the city of Rome. The city of Rome had a lot of people, and there wasn't a lot of enough farms around them to get all the food for them. Mm-hmm. So they had a massive trade operation that would import grain. That's correct. What they started doing a hundred, two hundred years before Jesus was born is they uh, that trade of grain became government subsidized. That's right. Sure did. Which, which means the government started paying the, sh- the shippers, the traders to import grain. Uh-huh. Uh, what they also did was they also uh, fixed the price of grain. That's right. 
And so it was not actually market value. It was sold for below market value. Right. Now, they've also found evidence that to get the grain that Rome was importing, they actually had a list where your income had to be below a certain mark in order to get on this list. Well, I'll be doggone. That sounds awfully familiar. Keep going. So what they would do is we have this list. Now, we've also, what's interesting, we also found evidence of different locations where certain numbers would come up. So they had distribution centers for certain numbers. Oh, this sounds familiar to me. Yep, and back then you you had to pay for it. It was still a certain dollar amount and yeah. because it was green. Now, furthermore, what they started to do is they started to attach religion to it. Oh, because they had, oh. I think it was a goddess rather than a god of yes, bread or grain. Yeah, yeah that's and right. So, you can find evidence of this system up until I think about 500 AD. So it lasted. I think that's about right. Yeah, roughly six, seven, eight hundred years, somewhere around there. Um, yeah. If you're interested in this, again, go read it. There's actually a lot of research done on this topic. Sounds so, awfully familiar to our system today. It, it just does. Yep. And so what Paul is, Paul could be a directly addressing. Welfare, government, aid, and welfare. It sounds like he is. Mm -hmm. And so in our country, we have a welfare system. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, we all, if you know about it, you all, you know, and you do any amount of research, you'll find ways it's exploited. And I'm sure the same happened in Rome. Oh, yeah. Uh, you will also find in our country, you can find the same thing in Rome that the government uses it to control the population. Indeed Be they do. Because if you can make the population dependent on the government for food, and as Paul is bringing up, you don't have to work, and you become a busybody, yep. uh, that creates a population that is not self-sufficient. That's right. Who was it that said... Control the oil and you control the economy, but you control the food, you control the people. Mm, yeah, and that's exactly what Rome was doing. And now here in America, we've added things onto it like phones or cable or housing or, you know, whatever. We've added well, give on. Just give yeah. it away. Here you go. Mm -hmm. Don't have and a so job? Don't want one? Here, we'll take care of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and so I would wager that actually <laughs> working, having a job, is an extremely biblical and God honoring thing to do. I agree. It's it's a uh, it's a biblical God honoring principle to to go and work. Yep. And if you think about we're so our next series is gonna we're actually gonna look at pre-fall foundations or pre-fall presuppositions oh, yeah. uh, one thing that is pre-fall is work i mean sure god is. god worked to create the world and as you said then he rested and giving yeah. us a model he put adam and eve in the garden and said tend it yeah that's work this is your job yep 
And so uh, one of the ways, you know, if, if you check the news and you see things going downhill and you're worried about politics and next people that get elected, you know, one of the best things you can do is work. It's true. Um, because that creates order and it makes you not a busybody. Mm-hmm. And these things that Paul is saying. Mm-hmm. Okay, I encourage encourage everybody to look into it. It's as you've kind of indicated the similarities to modern welfare, not just in America, but in lots of different places, are are striking. Incredibly striking, yeah. So, uh, verse twelve here. Now, those who are such, as in the ones who are not working, we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. As in, stop talking to other people and bothering them. Stop creating drama, if you want to say it that way, and just go work. Stop sowing discord among the brethren and find something to do, constructive. Work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Be a contributing member in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very, very biblical to work. Okay. Verse 13. I, I love that. But I love this admonition here. But as you, as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good. That's right. Uh, now, I, I think personally, this is a personal opinion, but I think the reason Paul says this right after he tells people that aren't working to work is because those who do work can get exhausted dealing with those who can't. And so I, I, I think he's putting this here, but as for you, brethren, do not grow weary in doing good as in some people need help Yeah. and you need not, and you need to not grow weary to help the people that don't have that work ethic. You need to have long suffering for them and patience. So Agreed. I think that's why this verse is going after here, after here, but you know what, even if it isn't that specific, we're still not supposed to grow weary in doing good. That's true. Just in general. That's true. Can't argue uh, that. Yeah. Verse 14. And if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, as in if anyone continues to not work and still gets food, mm-hmm. note that person and do not keep company with them. Why? That he may be ashamed. Yep. See, when the church is this community idea, and you're not growing weary, you're working together. Mm-hmm. When somebody stops working and still is eating and becomes this busybody, mm-hmm. when you when you withdraw from them, as he said in verse six, or when you do not keep company with them, as he says here, hopefully that creates some shame. Absolutely. Oh, I want to be a part of the church, so I need to change my behavior. I need to shape up. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, to take it outside the church, uh, usually when welfare happens, mm-hmm. behavior doesn't change. No, it doesn't. You subsidize something, you get more of it. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Why would I bother to work? Then I'd have to pay for my own phone. Right now, yeah. I get 5G and unlimited data for free. I'm not yeah. going to go get a job. I got a sweet deal as it is. Yeah, I don't don't even have to leave the bed. Yep. Well, if I actually work a job where I get paid over the amount they tell me, well, then I'll start having to pay for stuff more, which will actually make me less money, 
Why would I do that? Yeah, why? Mm -hmm. It's it's as if our whole working system benefit only one entity, and that's the government. Mm -hmm. And yet another good reason why Paul throws this, don't grow weary in doing good. Because, hey, I'm a stingy person. I don't mind saying that with my money. And I know that if you make more money and enter a next tax bracket, uh, actually, here's here, here's a real situation. So my wife sells things online. Yeah. And through this website, if you sell up to a certain amount, uh-huh. you have to then pay taxes on it. Well, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then it's easy math. You say, okay, if I sell up to this amount and then I have to pay so much taxes on it, that means to earn the same amount I would have, I have to sell this much more, much more. Yeah. To, to equalize on the taxes. And so, so what, what do we do as me and my wife? <laughs> we shut off her store before she reaches that limit. Curtail activity. Yeah. 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 Well, so when I see people in, in the welfare that, well, why would I start working to pay for it? I understand that mindset. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I, I get it. The Bible still tells you to work. (laughs) The government also understands that concept and that's why they do it. They, they want you dependent upon them and they know that you're good. You know, you got some common sense. You can see when you're benefiting and you don't have to do anything. Why are you, when you know, you see, you're going to get penalized for doing extra, which is Mm -hmm. basically what, the taxation system is, let's face it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to have to do extra to live. Well, you're going to get penalized for that too. And mm-hmm. we're going to give what you pay as in penalty to those that don't do a dang thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Yeah, we, we get it. If you don't have to work for it, why work for it? Yep. And so as a, when if you are in a situation where you have to help somebody sure. dealing with this, yeah, pay for their cell phone. Yeah, pay. Yeah, yeah. Buy them a car. Okay. Get get sure. them gas gift cards. Yeah. Give them that help they need to get out of that mindset and work to where mm-hmm. they're supporting themselves. That's yeah. why we can't grow grow weary. We have to help that, and they need help if they're in that mindset. Yeah, we have to rehabilitate, help rehabilitate that mindset. You bet. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, just as an aside, welfare should come from the church. It actually should. Not from the government. And it used to. And it it did used to. Well, in some cases it still does, but not very many. Not very Mm -hmm. many at all. The government has taken that over. Yep. And I know there's lots of churches out there that do lots of good things. I'm not downing any of those ministries. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, the government probably still does more. Uh, not that I have a statistic on that. I'm just guessing. You don't have to guess. You're right. You're so, right. And then verse 15, we kind of mentioned this before. Yet do not count him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Right. Encourage him. Yeah. Hey, why don't I work alongside you for a while? 
Wait, mm-hmm. to, to get the job you want, you need to get a certification or you need to pass a test. Why don't I help you study? Yeah, yeah. Here, I'll tell you what. I'm going to give you some on-the-job training where I work. Come in yeah. and I'll show you how we do it. And, mm-hmm. and you can help. Mm-hmm. Get them used to doing it. Get them to see that it actually does pay to work up to a certain extent, you know, until you start getting into that penalty phase, you know. But, yeah, give them the opportunity to see firsthand that it's mm-hmm. a better system. Yep. It's better for and- you personally. It's better for you spiritually. It's better for you physically mm-hmm. in every way to work. Yep. And now if we're not keeping company with somebody, you yeah. know, you can still text them and say, I'm praying for you every single day. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and do it. <laughs> hey, how come nobody told me about the potluck at the church? I mean, I know mm-hmm. I haven't been there for seven or eight weeks and, you know, <laughs> and, and I haven't been tithing because, you know, I, I'm not working. Uh, yeah. How come I didn't get told about that? Well, you're not a contributing member, you know, uh, and you ought to be doing things a little differently, brother. Uh, mm-hmm. You think about that, and we'll start. We'll start letting you know when those things happen. Until yeah, then, we want. T- until then, stay home and eat your own whatever you're getting from the government. Yep, because we want you there. <laughs> we want you there, but we but want we you in our fellowship. But we don't want anybody following your example. Yeah, we want God's example. So that's right. All right, and now the now the ending here, sometimes called the benediction, verse sixteen. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace. Oh. Peace doesn't come from finances. <laughs> Since we've well, been talking about that a lot. Well, the worldly worldview would say that it does. Right. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. Um, you know, I found uh, God does often bless financially. Um, there was one. I, I th- th- this story is interesting. So when our second son was born, um, we it was right around the time that I switched jobs, okay. and we didn't. The timing was a little odd with how the insurance worked out and things. We'll come to find out. Uh, we had our second son with no insurance. Oh, no. And so technically we were cash pay patients. Yeah. And it was before I had my next health care plan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which means, you know, we, we had in that. And so a birth is now pre existing. You can't That's do right. that. So it happened to be at OSF. And, uh, and so we applied for financial aid. And uh, we we walked in and, you know, they told us to bring our tax return, things like that. And we we met we met we met with the lady and and, you know, eventually one 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 thing led to another. She actually slid a piece of paper across the desk and showed me like what percentage they would take off the bill, depending on what income level you were. Yeah. And uh, and I, you know, working where I was at the time, I looked at the hundred percent forgiveness and that salary <laughs> yeah. and I just went well I can tell you my salary is under that one <laughs> and she just kind of smiled and said okay well we'll take that into consideration we got all that forgiveness Amen. we didn't have we didn't yeah. have to pay anything for yeah. our the birth of our second son and Amen. so a lot of times 
this Lord of Peace, He will give you financial peace. Sure, not, that's not, not every time, you, and not every time, because that's not what you aim for. That's right. You're you're aiming to this stand fast, hold to the traditions, and the God of Peace will give right. you peace. Sometimes uh, the financial aid is not what you need the most, and mm -hmm. and the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, and He promises to supply all your need. The mm -hmm. stuff that he knows you need, he's going to supply. And a lot of times, that's not the money. It, it might be a change of attitude. It might mm -hmm. be something else that you that he knows you need more than anything, and he'll supply that. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's not forgiving that bill because he's testing you to see whether you'll still give. Maybe. Maybe <laughs> he thinks you need more patience. You know, uh -huh. maybe I, you, you don't I, know. I knew. I knew somebody that uh, they decided at some point in their life that they were just were just going to not give, that they could use the money better that they gave to God somewhere else. And they said, well, in the next month, we had to buy all new tires for both our cars and our washing machine broke and our dishwasher broke and we had to repair our heating. And I decided, yeah, I think I'll give to the Lord again. <laughs> it, well, if that's what reminded you, then OK. Yeah. Yep. And that was how God taught them, yes, I do sure. want you to give by sure. not giving them financial peace. And then all of a sudden, things stopped breaking after they started giving. Yeah. Amazing how those things <laughs> mm -hmm. work. Huh? So anyway, I'm, I'm using finances as an example just because we've been talking about money and welfare so much. But, you know, now yeah. may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way yeah the king james so, says by all means all means every all yeah whatever it yeah. is all the things yeah that's right the lord be with you all oh why is it good that the lord be with you all oh because he's faithful that's right <laughs> just to, just to bring that back Correct. all right verse 17 the salutation of paul with my own hand which is a sign in every epistle so i write uh, now I had, this is another thing I picked up from pastor Dick, um, in, is it Galatians where Paul talks about writing in large letters? Uh, uh I, I think that's Galatians. One so. of the letters, one yeah. of the letters he does. Um, yeah. and, uh, pastor Dick has brought up the point, you know, Paul had those scales over his eyes yep. Yep. when he got blinded, uh, cataracts. and it made, cataracts more than, than prob probably is what they were. And it, it makes you wonder, did Paul have trouble seeing? After oh, that? Yeah, I, I think there's no doubt. Yeah. And uh, I wonder, you know, the thorn in the flesh. Yeah. I wonder if it was blindness. I think it was near blindness. Uh, I, I mean, he would probably, he would, Paul was probably what we would consider today legally blind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Could have been. Not totally. He could see shadow and movement and things of that nature and, and, uh, and enough he, to write, and, mm -hmm. and enough to write, and enough to work, but just barely enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know the salutation of Paul with my hand, which is a sign in every epistle. So I write. So Paul had a unique way yeah. to identify the letters they wrote. I just think that's neat. I don't. I don't know. I just think that's cool. Hey guys, this is not a counterfeit. You know it's from me, and this is how you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, which is 
possibly what prompted First Thessalonians and Second Thessalonians in the first place was oh. a letter forgery for Paul because he makes references to oh. things That's he writes right. as possible. He sure does. Surely so. does. Okay, in verse 18, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen. I mean, you can't really, he, he ended First uh, Thessalonians the exact same way. Yeah. And I think I, I've thought about this, Curtis, like some taking like the Psalms or maybe the epistles. What's the last uh -huh. sentence in every one of them? Mm -hmm. Might just be an interesting yeah. to study the endings of all the things. So yeah. anyway. Love right. it, man. And, and that's that, uh, that wraps up Second Thessalonians. Yeah. Um, now, I, I mentioned it before because we, we haven't hit an hour, so we can advertise a little bit. Let's um, do it. We're going to, what series we're going to do next is pre-fall foundations. Oh boy. Now, these are going to be things, uh, we will probably spend an hour on some of the science. Um, I, I, I love studying the science and the fact that we have a young earth, not an old earth and those sorts yeah. of things. The only reason, honestly, Curtis, here we go. The only reason I don't spend a ton of time on it is because there are people that do a way better job than I do. <laughs> um, there are guys you know. that, that have made a, a career of it because uh, they know how to do it. I mean, it. Mm -hmm. I know we, I, 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 some of the names are coming to mind right now, but yeah. 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 You're right. So we'll, we'll spend some time on that. Just, it, you know, some of the science, uh, and you know, I'm sure I have names that I'll throw out and you'll throw out names and you know, it'll, sure. it'll be fun. Uh, but we're also going to study some of these foundational things like language oh, oh. who created language. God did. Well, in Genesis chapter one, mm -hmm. who, who was the first one to speak? God was. Yeah. Um, we're going to study things like the order in which God created things. God is a God of order. You know, he second Thessalonians, not talking about this subject, you know, exactly, but it says God is not a God of confusion, but a That's God right. of peace. Order right. has peace attached to it. We've made references today. Work. God worked a lot and then he rested. Yeah. Well, that's a foundational thing. Um, Time. Yeah. Did you know there's really no reason to have seven days in a week other than the Bible? Yes. Uh, there are societies that have tried to change the week. Yeah. And it was very unsuccessful. Very unsuccessful. That's correct. Um, you know, so we're going to talk about, I mean, I, I, I've prepared about one and a half of the lessons and I've got all the topics, but these are things that are pre-fall, so pre-Genesis 3. Yeah. Then we're get, with each of these topics, we're going to talk about how they're being attacked. Yeah. Such as, you know, the one we're going to do first, honestly, is language, because what's the first word of the, oh, wait, words. That's language. Uh, how are words, language, meaning, being attacked? Uh, well, you don't have to look far to find that today. Mm -hmm. yeah. How how is God's order being attacked? How is uh you know the the six day creation? How is that being attacked? Uh you know all these things. So we're well, it's going to be fun because uh, we're going to talk about what is pre fall uh, because there are things before that happen before the fall yeah. that 
I, I struggle with a way to say this, that if they're pre-fall, meaning they're not a reaction to sin, mm-hmm. there's, to me, there's kind of this heightened importance on them. Agreed. One of those things being maybe gender. Yeah. Uh, and some things like this that, you know, sure. they're being attacked and they're before sin. So they're kind of important. Absolutely. That's right. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know how many, yep. how long it'll last, but it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it too, brother. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, while, while we're on the subject of uh, looking forward to things and appreciating things, I appreciate the study you've done with us on Second Thessalonians. And, uh, you know, I I'm, have the benefit of looking at our analytics numbers all the time. And uh, I want you to know that our listeners appreciate it, too. But oh, they're, cool. they're enjoying it, man. Oh, so well. keep up Pray- the good work. Yeah, praise God. That's <laughs> Amen. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the oh. objective and everything that we do here. Yeah. Uh, I guess I, I can, before you wrap up, I'll say one final word. Um, I know Please myself do. and I know you as well. Uh, Merry Christmas to everybody. Absolutely. Uh, it, Absolutely. It's December as we're recording this um, and we're celebrating Jesus's birth. Yep. Jesus who was born to die for us. That's right. And so just uh, as we go through the Christmas season, his birth yep. is pointing towards his death. Absolutely. And, and if you're listening to this, we want you to believe in that death for you. That's right. And and when you believe in that de- death, Jesus wipes out all those sins that you committed. Yeah. He gives you his righteousness. You get to go to heaven and we'll Greatest. see you there. Greatest gift you could ever get. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So Merry yeah. Christmas. Amen. <laughs> that is the real reason for the season, isn't it, brother? Mm-hmm. That's yes. right. And we should all keep that in our hearts and minds, not just this season, but on, on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What a wonderful thing he's done for all of us. Huh? Mm-hmm. Amen. All right. Thanks, Lucas. Appreciate you, brother. And uh, we'll get together again uh, early January, and we'll start on our pre-fall series. It's going to be good. Uh for everybody that's listening right now, uh, I'm, I'm almost certain that they're salivating even as we speak about it. So, <laughs> uh, so good. Look forward to it because it's going to be worth it, okay? Tune in with us, and, and we will be faithful to do it for you. All right? Uh, so I want to remind everybody that we're going to have uh, our good friend J.B. Hickson on on December 7th uh, due to some scheduling uh, he's got some speaking engagements that would have conflicted with uh, doing it any earlier. So we will, he'll be with us on December the 7th. Uh, so don't miss that. And uh, until then, this is the Christian Underground News Network signing off. May God bless you and keep you. Amen.